0: Guys, and welcome back to another edition of the Leadership Download. My name is Travis Van Dusen. I'm back here with my friend Cameron Singh. And today we've got a special guest, Mr. Bob Hobby. Um, Mr. Bob Hobby, he is the president and CEO of Service Elements International, which is an organization that, ha- that is a people development company serving in the aerospace and business and general aviation industry since 2003. And uh, this organization offers in-person and o- online virtual training that, uh, that helps in the development of people. Bob, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me, appreciate it.
0: So Cameron, we're, we're gonna jump right into some questions. Uh, you wanna start us off?
2: Yeah, uh, thank you, Bob, for, for being with us. Uh, this is a very special time um, uh, being a part of the leadership download. Um, so today's discussion is going to be surrounding, um, you know, of course, the whole our whole purpose behind, behind this Leadership Download podcast is really helping young people strive for uh, leadership and provide some guidance um, when stepping into a leadership role. So I know, Bob, last week when we were talking about this meeting, we had an excellent discussion behind, um, you know, people being honest with themselves when they strive for a leadership role. You know, have that heart. Of, uh serving others serving others um, looking after their teams um so to to start with the first question uh with this discussion when a young person is unsure whether or not they should pursue a leadership role what are some things they should consider
1: right uh, thanks again for having me uh you guys are uh, you guys are awesome and i think it's great that we have this kind of a mode uh this kind of a discussion, uh, especially during these times where uh, we don't get to do it face-to-face, so appreciate it very much. Um, One of the things I would say, uh, Cameron, is that uh, you have to be honest with yourself. Uh, You have to be truthful to yourself. Uh, The future, first of all, there's going to be really, really big need uh, for leadership in the coming years. So if you're a young person, uh, you should recognize there's a need for leadership. And it's going to be different than my era or my, my time when I grew up in the in the business in general aviation. So that's one thing that's true. So there's ample need for it. However, it's going to be different than how it has been. Uh, it's much more about people. It's much more about... Uh, embracing change because the speed of change is uh, dramatically higher and faster uh, these days um, and it's going to continue that way uh, things change so if you're a leader and if you're if you have a hard time embracing change or actually leading change then you're going to have difficulty uh, and so i wouldn't do it <laughs> you know i would i would park that i'd say hey you know what that's not for me uh, on the other hand, if you do, and uh, if you you understand that a majority of it has more to do with people issues than technical issues, I think that's that's an area where you you want to, if you if you can see that, if you can embrace it, if you can see yourself in that role, then go for it. I think you're you're made for it. Uh, but it, again, biggest part of it is be honest with yourself. You know, uh, am I a type of person who can actually sit down and have the patience to listen to someone talk about their personal issues? Do yeah. I have the patience for that? Do you think that's work? Do I think that that's work related? Am I going to be short with them? I mean, that much detail is required in your decision making. And more importantly, talk, talk with somebody. You know, it's, a, it's always good to have a sounding board. You know, to someone you respect, someone maybe a, a mentor or somebody who's who's uh, who you respect their their abilities or their thought process. Ask them, do you think I have what it takes? And have them ask you the hard questions. You know, don't don't just go with, oh yeah, yeah, go for it because you're gonna get paid more, you're gonna do this, but then you're gonna be miserable. And I know the young generation is really keen on meaningful uh Work-life balance, and if you don't, if you're not a leader, and then you're in a leader position, you're not going to have a good time. You're going to have a really rough time. Uh, so I think honesty, and really just kind of going through the motions of understanding what leadership means and what you have to do, uh, and and I think so. The, I think you're if you're able to do that, you should be able to come up with an answer that fits your 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 future.
2: Yeah, the, uh, one element, um, when I remember when I was in my early 20s, um, one element that I was unsure of was having that confidence, that level of confidence. Yeah, I had the capability to do it, but I and myself did not believe that I would be successful. How does a young person get over that?
1: All right. I think um, it, you're absolutely right. Part of a leadership role is to, to express confidence in what you're doing and what you're talking about, right? So that's an important thing, but there's a fine line, just recognize there's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance, okay? Confidence and arrogance can get really close to each other. And arrogance is something that none of us really like. Most of us very much dislike arrogance. And, and it becomes, because the reason arrogance, when if you cross into that as a leader, then it's all about you it's no longer about the issue at hand or the people that you're leading right so confidence means rehearsing confidence means doing your homework confidence means okay how am i going to communicate this particular difficult situation to my team how am i going to sit down and talk to them don't just run in there willy-nilly and kind of stutter through things right that you'd, obviously you wouldn't have any confidence. But, but if you're able to <clears throat> rehearse, I think rehearsal always gives you proper level of confidence. If you're preparing for this, <clears throat> you know, I've been doing this for many, many years. You know, I've been in the industry for 35 years. But to this day, when I go to, to I mean, I, we've done thousands of <laughs> thousands of workshops, literally thousands. And to this day, I still spend time rehearsing the program. The night before because i want to be completely prepared for what i'm going to say because it has to come out natural <clears throat> you know if you don't have confidence it doesn't sound natural it sounds fake or it sounds like you're not sure of yourself so i think that's a great question that you're asking about confidence but i sometimes i worry about arrogance uh arrogance is a terrible terrible uh, uh, projection of of someone Someone's abilities, and it's a huge turnoff to most of us. Most of us don't like it, uh, and and it's it becomes all about egos, and it's no longer about leadership. So, I hope that answered your question.
2: Yeah, thank you for that.
0: Yeah, so so I guess my my question would be, you know, at, when we when we're recruiting, especially like in aviation, you know, one of the things that I think the temptation to look for is uh, talent, right? We want to see okay, this person's very knowledgeable. they understand the system very well um so how do you how do you intentionally create an environment that doesn't just lean solely on like head knowledge and ability to maybe you know run a program well and ensure yeah. that they're also getting that uh leadership training so that when you start looking for that leader you know they're 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 ready for it and not just yeah. just don't have the head knowledge yeah.
1: Well, I think that's a that's an excellent question you're asking. It's a huge one for the industry. You know, traditionally we we've always gone with like a hey, if you've got a really good pilot that flies well and knows what to do, and then they must they they're the one that we're going to choose to become a chief pilot uh, or director of aviation. Or if you've got a really good aircraft technician, we're going to choose them to become the lead uh, lead uh, maintenance guy or uh, D-O-M, all right, director of maintenance. And in fact, we've learned that that's often not the case. Uh, sometimes the most knowledgeable people uh, that you have are not at all, the. they don't have the leadership capabilities. Uh, and they either need to be trained extensively, and, or you need to, you need to prepare them, you need to start building them and not just kind of uh making a last minute choice uh of I, I see that happening a lot somebody quits and then all of a sudden they say, well okay you you go in there and do this job and then you you know you end up with a good person that you've liked for so many years with great deal of head knowledge and experience as you called it uh and then they they turn into a bad employee and everybody sits back and goes uh, wow what happened you know he really went downhill maybe it was something personal no 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 you set him up for a failure. You did not set him up for success because he, yeah, he's a great pilot or she's a great pilot, she's a great mechanic, but that doesn't mean they have the capabilities of leadership and understanding the new job, which is completely different than their old job. So I think uh, I think we do we make that mistake way too much in, in our industry. So the, the thing that I would say is. Uh, I think in your interviews, I think you mentioned, you know, when we interview people, I think in, in the interviews, you really want to hone in on the culture of your organization, you know, uh, and you know what, everybody knows what culture is. Culture is, is how, we, how we do things. It's how we do things around here. This is our culture. It's here's what we do about safety. Here's what, what we do about operations. Here's what we do. And then, so these are things that are set in stone. And they're non-negotiables they're based basic items the other one is do we uh is so is this person going to fit into this this culture are they going to be able to fit into this culture uh can they do this uh, uh with us okay we like to show up an hour and a half before for pre-flights they may not agree with that they may have a problem with that you know uh they may say well you know, I don't like to carry people's bags. Well, that's how we do it here. You know, that's how we roll. You know, this is this is how our, our culture is. Well, we don't like, I don't, you know, I like to just when, you know, we arrive, uh, shut the airplane up, button things up and then go home. No, we, we expect you to stand around and, and wait for your passengers to, to depart before you take off. You know, just basic, specific stuff that are important, you know, that that are uh that are an important part of your culture that you want to maintain. They may have all the knowledge in the world. They may be, you know, thousands of hours of flight, our, you know, multiple type ratings, all that great stuff. It's not going to help you if they don't, they don't agree with these items if that that we just use these as an example. If they don't agree with that, they're have all the knowledge in the world. It's not gonna fit into your culture. You're gonna have more, you're gonna have more issues than you need. Does that does that answer your question?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just kind of kind of moving along, you know, we've kind of already talked about it a little bit. But, uh, you know, talking about the really that buzzword that kind of flows around in the leadership industry is uh, servant leadership. You know, it's almost used so much that it's lost its it's lost its meaning. You know, so what what does it mean when when you know when leaders talk about, you know, serving others and, and serving from the heart?
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the things uh, I always like to focus on with uh, with this point is uh, something Einstein said a long time ago. He said, uh, "Don't strive to be successful." You know, it's a kind of an odd thing to say, right? Don't stri- strive strive mm-hmm. to be successful. Instead, uh, strive to be valuable, right? So, as a leader, you want to be valuable, not only valuable up but valuable down, often more valuable down. Uh, Your people need to know that you got their back. Your people need to know that we have a safe, I don't mean just from a uh, typical safety issues. I mean, a safe environment to exchange ideas, to share ideas without jeopardy, right? Um, We have an environment where uh, I know people have my back. If I've got a problem, uh, I'm not going to second guess everybody. You know, like somebody got, got to go home uh, last week, uh, and I don't know why, so I'm going to speculate the worst, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to speculate this is this is a favorite person of the leader, right? And so then you're not doing a good job of leading, because if they, if that's what's going on in your environment, you need to explain to everyone what's going on, what's happening. So you have to have patience for leadership. You know, uh, servant leadership means you have to have patience for people, for people's issues, for people's challenges, both personal and um, and work wise. You know, when I when I was uh, coming up in business, you know, we were uh, the world was was really uh, hell bent on uh, keep business separate from personal stuff, keep business separate from personal stuff. Well, the future of the, uh, the world, the future of the work environment is no longer that way. And a lot of personal stuff is getting intermingled into work, whether we like it or not. You know, it's just our work has become that much part of our lives. And that's why we hear so much about people wanting to balance work and life, to have a balanced uh, – So. As a leader, you have to understand that. As a leader, you have to understand what that means. Um, and uh, you have to want to make sure that your people are being served in the way that they want to have a work-balanced life. Does that make sense? That's, it's, it's, you're right. It's a buzzword. Everybody loves to throw these buzzwords around. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We need, to, we need to translate them into what does it exactly mean. Um, and what it means is uh not just typical hey uh, let's have a group hug and sing kumbaya type of thing <laughs> it's it's about real issues that when they come up that you're able to step up and lead um, which may mean something about knowing more about your your people's uh, lives you know and in the past we we didn't we, in fact, we went out of our way. We used to say, keep it separate. That's not, none of your business. If you're a manager, you don't need to know about that stuff. You just need to focus on work. Well, we can't do that anymore. The future is different. The future is, that we're moving to is different. And your generation is really driving that, that uh, for us. So, uh, which, you know, again, I, I hear a lot of uh, folks from my generation uh, fighting this. And I'm telling them that you don't understand, uh, you know, everything evolves. And if you don't evolve with it, you become, you become, you know, basically you sit outside. Uh, it's, it's important to evolve with this. So uh, I think serving, serving leadership means you, you really got to, you know, get down and dirty, get into the weeds with your people and know them, know them well enough, care about them, take action to let them know that you care about them, uh, take time, you know, uh, just simple thing, walking in, in in the morning, you walk by a whole bunch of people and say, hi, 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 good morning, good morning, morning. Uh, do you really mean it? Or are you just saying things for with emotion? And a good leader, a serving uh, heart leader, will back up and say, you know, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Did you end up having that picnic you said you were gonna have? Um, in the old days, they would be like, "What?" I'm not talking about that crap. We got an airplane; we got to get going with. You know? So, um, I think in the future, that's what it means. So.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's that's so good. So, so get when you when you talk about you know talking about servant leadership, and and obviously you know I come from the commercial aviation side, so um, totally totally grasping that idea that there's always another plane to. Take care of. There's always another. There's another task to go to go do. Um, I was definitely in the early years of my career, you know, kind of brought up in that whole, you know, we we're, we're here and we're, it's all about business. Um, but as that transition happens, as you're as you're talking about, when you when you kind of consult with with different companies or businesses that maybe are on the on the side of, you know, um, they're they're really just kind of. They, they're stuck in their ways, where do you start? What's kind of that one thing that you you start with?
1: Actually, that's a that's a great point. I was just talking to uh, about a handful of CEOs. We were having a, a group session discussion and and that was a very, very important point is that what's the future of training, right? What's the future of learning in our industry? And part of it is, um, you know, I had a grandfather who was really, really smart guy and, spoke multiple languages and all kinds of stuff. Very learned. And when I went to work for flight safety in my early years, he said to me, um, Bobby, you know you're going to have one challenge with uh, adult learning, because that's what flight safety was. It's a training company. I said, what's that? He said, sometimes it's hard to fill a cup that's already full. Hmm. And I said to him, "Um, what do you mean? He said, as we get older, we learn more right? The more we learn, the, the fuller our, our cup is. And sometimes that can get in the way. So what we do as our service elements, uh, we learned this, by the way, I wish I was smart enough to tell you that we, we knew it from the get-go. We didn't. We learned it. We figured it out. But we have to go in and almost, uh, you know, you're going to start hearing this a lot more, I think, uh, is untraining people. You know, you have to untrain people, get them to spill a little bit of that cup, you know, that full cup to open up room for new things, right? So I think that's what's gonna drive our, our, our future in, in um, finding techniques to unlearn things. And it doesn't mean that you have to tell people, well, what you did was terrible and you used to, you know, this this really is terrible things, the way you don't do that anymore. No, you, you can go back and examine what what was being done and why it worked at that time, and how it wouldn't work today because of the difference, because of the changes that have that have uh, occurred. And I think that's the way. What we're when we're talking about untraining people, that's what you have to do. Otherwise, you're going to run into that that constant uh, sort of pushback of, well, we've been doing it this year for a long time. Why do we have to change it? What's why do we need to change? Well, it's not that that what you did was wrong, you know, so people get defensive when you start, you know, uh, picking apart what they used to do. Then they get defensive. So then now you can't do you can't get anywhere. So I think one of the biggest uh, leadership roles in the future is going to be to to untrain people, to really undo what they have come to learn and believe not because it's bad but because it's it's no longer fitting the future that we need to we want to develop or the current environment so i think that's that's the biggest uh advice that we give to people is recognize that you have you're going to have obstacles and you're not going to be able to get over those if you just uh if you just want to you know if you just say well forget that uh as if that's a terrible thing so don't put people down that's what i'm trying to say don't put people down for what they used to do in fact build them up because quite frankly what they used to do has brought us to where we are right so it's not that you but it's but going forward that's not going to fit anymore you know it's like all the changes in life that happen yeah i mean you know uh, many many years ago when electricity came around a whole bunch of uh you know, gaslighting guys that used to run around all kinds of cities and towns, lighting up gas lights at night, street lights. They lost their jobs because we didn't need them anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't mean that what they did was a terrible thing. It just was different. Now it's changed. Now you got to go do some things differently. So, I think that's my advice: is to pay some attention to to the past and uh gradually work your lead your way into the future
2: yeah and you look at various companies i mean we can name a whole list of companies that you know they really didn't plan for the future and now they're almost non-existent
1: right right and they well they resisted it you know they resisted Mm -hmm. uh you know there's tons of case studies of companies that just said no what we've been doing is perfect uh and look what it's done for us we have a huge industry and blah 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 And the next thing you know, uh, you know, somebody comes along and, you know, surpasses them and they're left in the dust because they just couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, And getting out of your own way means being able to change, being able to adapt. And I think uh, the future generation is going to be pressed even more on this issue of changing because changes are going to happen faster and faster. They already are. Things are constantly fa- happening faster and faster. And so, a leader's job is going to be to really be focused on refining those changes as to how they fit into the organization, almost like guarding them, you know, guarding your organization to make sure, because you can't respond to every change. You just got to pick what you're going to respond to. There's a lot of them, there's too many of them. So, I think. That's a future leadership challenge is to refine the choices, to refine the uh, there's a great book I highly recommend Um, It's called The Paradox of uh, Decision. And it's about how we have many because of technology and everything. We have many choices right these days, many, many more choices. Mm -hmm. And that's good news and bad news. The good news is we have many choices. The bad news is it makes decision-making more challenging. When you have 25 of same product or same item versus only five, it's a lot harder to make a decision. Uh, Pick pick one out of 25 versus pick one out of five. So um, that's something that future leadership needs to be aware of, that that you need to refine uh, the decision-making process, and bringing it into close closer to to where you want it, you need it to be, versus just leaving it wide open. You know, I, I hear that all the time from uh, people saying, "Well, it's just we just tell people go figure something out." I'm like, no, you can't do it that way. You need to give them some parameters. You know, yeah. give give them some some the, refine the choices. Don't don't leave it wide open because they'll have a hard time coming back with with the actual good good selection. Uh, it's a simple thing, but it's it's a big deal these days. Uh, the, the, the choices that you have uh, sometimes get in your way.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely learning a lot in this discussion. <laughs> uh, um, so I know tra- Travis and I are, are young yeah. leaders in, in the aviation industry, and I know for the both of us, Um, That transition from a frontline role to our first leadership role is probably the most challenging. Um, And, you know, you learn, you make a bunch of mistakes, you learn, and that's how you grow um, as you move on. Um, So, you know, when a young person, in your opinion, when a young person is promoted into a leadership role for that first time, how are they able to succeed with uh, a very limited background and very minimal experience.
1: Well, I think one of the first things that I would recommend for a young leader is to to continually remind themselves that I'm going to be a learning leader. I'm going to be a learning leader because I need to learn a lot, right? I just don't know. Um, one of the best, uh, I tell you, one of my favorite uh, statements from a leader's mouth is something very simple, but I, I find that a lot of a lot of people get into the leadership role and they feel like they have to they have to know everything, right? One of my favorites is when you ask a leader, um, "What about this? Or how about how, how how do we go do this?" They say, "I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Let's go figure out how to do it, right?" So the, the, just don't. Don't feel like a lot a lot of people fall into this trap that you know because i'm a, I have a title in front of my name or uh, behind my name, I need to know more. Well, I don't, uh, especially if I'm a younger person. So there's nothing wrong with saying, well, you know, uh, why don't we go figure this out? I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. I don't know what. I think people respect that that level of honesty. It shows some level of integrity. That you don't you don't just fib things just because you have you're a manager or a leader or supervisor or vice president. I think that's that's a really good trait uh, to pick up. The other thing, the second thing I would uh, recommend for young uh, leaders who don't have a lot of experience and background, instead of making statements, turn them into questions. Right, turn a statement into a question. Um, Instead of saying, hey, let's go do this and say, what What if we try to do this? What do you think? It's a whole different, you know, it's a whole different animal now. All of a sudden that you're asking questions because you, now you're asking for input, which incidentally, if you're young and inexperienced, you need that. <laughs> you need that input. You need, you need information. You need knowledge that you don't currently have. So uh, start putting a lot of questions into your vocabulary. On a day-to-day basis, uh, don't make statements. You know, ask questions. Uh, turn statements into questions. You know, what if we did it this way? Or what if we planned uh, around this issue or this that issue? What if we built this project in three in three different uh, phases? Um, what do you think of that? So, because you want that input. So, very simple way. Just add a lot of questions to your vocabulary as a young person. Because uh, and don't be afraid to say I don't know. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with you know. Just because you're a leader, it doesn't mean you should know everything. In fact, you probably know don't know a lot of things, right? So I think that's that will help you immensely. Those two uh, techniques will help you quite a bit.
0: Mm, that's so good, yeah. One of my mentors once told me that, you know, it's OK to say you don't know because 90 percent of the time your team already knows that you don't know the answer and that yeah. you're just kind of just trying to throw something out there to make it look like you you know more than you do. And yeah. eventually you, you'll lose a lot of credibility over, over and over if you're not producing. So, yeah. Yeah. so, you know, moving into moving into our last question here, you know, it's, it's on the subject of networking and mentoring. You know, um, both of these, I think me and Cameron would both agree that we're, we're where we are now simply because of our ability to network and to lean on mentors. So, you know, why do you see it as an, an important thing for not just young leaders, but leaders in general to have this ability to to uh, to network and to and to seek out mentorship?
1: Yeah, well, I think um there's some of it that's uh, obviously very much inherent. I mean, when you say mentor or network, people kind of have a perception of what that means. But I think uh, far beyond that is I think the quality of mentorship and quality of networking is important. Um, you know, Some people think like, hey, networking, I just go out there and just exchange business cards with a bunch of people. And we've seen some of those at some conferences and whatnot, uh, which is fine. I mean, I guess you can do that. Um, but really networking means uh, establishing a relationship, right? So you establish a relationship and you, you that takes time. You know, it takes, takes uh, a little bit of uh, uh, an exchange of ideas, exchange of uh, thoughts, and I think... Uh, that's when you leave a mark so networking then becomes meaningful it's it's you left a mark they left a mark with you it's actually something that that uh is going to have meaning in the future so uh if you come back to that person in the future and say hey um um you know we talked back then and they say oh yeah i remember you already have a relationship and so it makes it easier to to do things right uh we all like the idea of uh, being able to work with people that we know, right? Or, or, or we have relationships with. It's a lot easier. Um, so, as far as mentoring, the same thing. I would say quality of mentoring is that um, you know uh, I tell people that uh, you know some 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 mentors are not for men, some mentees. Uh, you, you need to have the right chemistry with your mentor. And you need to be getting the right uh, type of uh, information or, or exchange uh, that they're, they're the best mentors I've ever had actually did what I was just telling you about is they always ask me the question, well, what do you think you ought to do? You know, uh, And then it would, that would prompt me to talk about things that were important. And then based on that, you would have a good exchange. Uh, some people think that mentorship means, uh, you know, just somebody that has a you know great deal of experience and background and they just share that with you. That's not going to help you. That's not really that's too much, too much general stuff. Uh, what you want is specific to you. Right. So when it comes to mentorship, I'm very selfish. You know, I only uh, want people to talk to, you know, that that are mentoring me to really help me with, with what I'm interested in, right? Uh, so I, I know this sounds a little strange, but you have to be a little bit selfish with mentorship because it helps you to define what is it exactly I'm trying to be mentored about, right? Um, so that's, that's I think, a, a, an important part of uh, mentorship. But networking, uh, I tell you, service elements our company would not exist Uh, without networking you know we've we've been a small little entity but we have a big footprint in the industry and uh, a lot of people know us and a lot of that has to do with our uh, networking um, uh, that we've done uh, through the years with with many many people Uh, we have customers who have had two or three jobs and every time they've changed jobs they've come back to us and used our services so That's that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of networking I'd say is has been uh, very fruitful and helpful. So, again, having a purpose for networking, having a purpose for mentorship is, I think, is the biggest, uh, biggest, uh, important issue.
0: Hmm. That's that's good. That's good advice. You know, well, I guess one of the one of the questions I have is, you know, when you're when you're seeking out a, a mentor, you know, do you. Um, Obviously, how do you decide if, you know, if that fits, if it's a good fit? You know, is there specific parameters that you're looking for, Um, experience level? Maybe they've got X X amount of years experience more than you. What would you say is a good relationship? Well, I think,
1: I I think, again, once you define the purpose of your, your, uh, your mentorship, like what, why what, what do I want to be mentored about? Right. Um, And because that, that helps kind of define it a little bit, and then so you look for someone who has a great deal of experience in that topic and that subject matter, right? Um, and then uh, the other thing that you you, know, you have to grade is just because somebody's very knowledgeable and has a great deal of experience doesn't mean that they they know they're they're going to be good mentors, <laughs> you know, that that doesn't always work out that way. I, I wish it did but it doesn't. Uh, uh, some people are just not prone to have that uh, that ability. So one of the things that I would examine or I still do examine these days when uh I'm I'm finding new mentors is do they have the appetite for being a mentor? Do they have the time and the patience and the and the, the, the 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 whereabouts to be a mentor? Um, and some people don't, you know, some people may have the uh, the, the, the uh, knowledge and background, but they just don't have the time or the uh, patience to be a mentor. And so that's that's a criteria I would want to uh, figure out as well. Um, but it, subject, different subject matters, different mentors. You know, that's the one, what I've learned is that uh, you don't just have one or two mentors, you have multiple mentors. And as you talk with each of them you are receiving a different perspective on a different topic and some mentors I'll talk about a and some mentors I'll never talk about a you know <laughs> so that's that's the that so be be selective i guess is the, the last word on that
0: yeah I, I think it's i think it's important with mentorship because it was something i was confused about early on was that you're not going to have one mentor that mentors you in every yeah. aspect of your life. They they may be there just for that one little piece yeah. of, of of your of your career. Exactly. Um, but um, would you say that it's possible to to be seeking mentorship from someone that, but they may be too far ahead of you yeah. that that they're no longer they're not effective to you because they're maybe four or five or six positions ab- above you and yeah they're not able to relate to your current circumstances anymore? or
1: Yeah, actually, uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think you can, uh, it just more, more of it depends on their ability and time, um, more than anything, right? So if they have it, uh, I think, first of all, a lot of people are uh, very much interested in mentoring others, mm-hmm. uh, especially as you get, you get higher up in your various positions in an organization, you'll find that you are uh, you you'll find that you are much more prone to want to actually help others, you know, with their careers. Um, and I think honestly, some of the some of the best uh, examples of that is people who uh, don't uh, don't hold themselves back. And they just go for it. So, what? I mean, worst case is they're going to say, no, sorry, I don't have time. So, big deal. Uh, give it a shot anyway. Uh, because if they do, you're going to have a really good mentor and you're going to have a really good uh, good uh, uh, sort of career as far as being mentored into learning what they've done, you know, what they've done. And some sometimes, as, a, as somebody who's being mentored, uh, you know, I, I've, at times I've, I've asked questions. I still do that. I'm not sure if I agree with them. You know, I'm glad they made me think about the topic that they're talking about, but I don't know if I agree with their, their, their way of uh, thinking. So, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't make them a bad mentor. It's actually, that's what mentorship is all about is, is, uh, stimulating thought process, right. Uh, challenging your thoughts. And I think, uh, so it's a lot of people think that you have to just hundred percent listen to your mentor. And I, I don't agree with that. I think you, you, you choose, you pick and choose. Sometimes you agree. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you learn something to do. Uh, that's going to help you. Uh, sometimes you learn what not to do. Um, you know, from, uh, from, you know, there's a couple of people that, uh, that was very much the, the, the point for me is that I learned a lot of great leadership, uh, uh, capabilities but I also learned some things that that I don't think I would do you know I, I don't agree with that methodology or I don't agree with that so you know you still have the choice uh, but it's it's not it shouldn't be a one-way street where you're just kind of uh, copying what somebody's telling you um, but as far as the higher-ups uh, don't be surprised though those folks are uh, just as uh, just as anxious or sometimes uh, just as uh, eager to be a mentor mm. to someone else but they're looking for someone to put their hand up you know um, so I, I wouldn't be shy with that
0: that's that's very good so I mean as we kind of as we kind of wrap up you know what I guess one of my final questions for I pass it back to Cameron would be you know uh, as as you start to see you know, more of that kind of millennial generation take over the workforce. And, and obviously, you know, we've talked a little bit about there being conflict amongst some of the kind of older, older mindset versus the kind of the younger uh, mindset. What, what are you doing personally to kind of always make sure that you're kind of listening to the other side to be on the kind of be on the front end of these changes instead of being the one, Who's dealing with it? You know, years right, later, exactly. months after.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I for one thing, you know, uh, we have a, a very fortunate uh, dynamic to our to our work, which is we're in front of people all the time. So we're always, and you know, a biggest part of my job, and uh, I think any leader's job is to facilitate. Right. You have to be a facilitator. You have to facilitate exchange uh, I, you know, identify issues, identify, um, uh, some, some changes that need to be considered. Right. Hmm. So I think, um, one of the ways that, that you, you do that is just, uh, be, you know, as a, a good leader is always a good listener. Um, you know, you have to be a much better listener than, than, uh, than, you've ever been before prior to becoming a leader, because that's when you start hearing what people are interested in, um, what people are looking for in a work environment. Um, Not that you're gonna run out and do everything people ask for, it's just if you recognize what you have, then you're able to build a culture. I think one of the things that most important today uh, for leadership, Role is to build the culture of an organization. Um, And, uh, you know, I remember years ago, it used to be all about strategy. What's your strategy? You know, you have a strategic plan, you have this, that, and the other. And um, I I, I tell you, a lot of people came along, uh, including Stephen Covey, and said, uh, culture eats uh, strategy for breakfast. (laughs) Because if you have culture, then things get done by themselves. You don't need to have a strategy to get them done. Uh, if you have a, a strong culture, people understand what's expected of them. So nobody needs to tell them all the time. Uh, if you have a strong culture, people know that uh, we this is just what's expected of me. And that's pure and simple. Plus, I think it adds a lot less stress to work environment. So the future leadership, the young leadership, should really understand that by paying attention to the culture, uh, you really are going to reduce the stress level, which is an important part of future uh, work environment. A lot of people talk about that. You know, Nobody wants to go back to work in a, in a stressful environment. In fact, we all know there's turnover happening out there. It's not because they weren't getting paid enough. They just didn't like working where they were working because was too much stress, and so it's a big deal for people these days. Um, so, uh, so that's the culture you want to create, right? Mm. Uh, so I think recognizing that your job is almost uh, as a leader is is a culture builder. You know, uh, defining the culture. This is how this is how we roll, man. You come here. This is what you got to do. You know, you just tell people, do you like training? And they go, well, yeah, I like training. Okay, well, how? you know, well, we like a lot of it. <laughs> so if you're coming here, uh, you know, you just got to understand that we love training ourselves uh, a ton. And because now you're explaining to them what the culture is they're getting into. And if they don't have that match, then they better not come in here because they're not, gonna, they're not gonna fit well into this, this thing. So I think that the future leadership uh, is more challenging than ever before, but it's also uh, a wonderful thing because it's all about people, you know? And we all, all of us, a majority of us like people and like being around people. So I think that's something that's to look forward to as a, as a young leader coming up Is that a bigger portion of your job is really about managing your people, motivating your people, keeping them engaged, keeping them uh, excited, uh, attached uh, to the culture, helping them develop a culture instead of all the technical, you know, stuff that we have to do. Do this, do that, do this, do that. That's kind of old and passé. We don't need leaders like that anymore. We need people, especially in our industry, I mean, this is a selfish thing for our industry. Our industry, we have a, a one of the key pillars in business and general aviation is flexibility. There's a reason why people come to us. Well, that means an awful lot of change, which means you want people who can think on their feet and make decisions on their feet without having to call you every three minutes every five minutes. Well, can I do this or should I do that? No, you're in charge. You're you're driving this particular customer experience. I trust your judgment. Go do what you think you, you need to do. And that's what you want. You don't want people to be constantly going, what do I do here? What do I do here? What What's next? What should we do here? And I when I see leaders who are getting a lot of calls like that, I tell them, you know, you're gonna crash and burn. And I don't mean that literally. Uh, I mean it figuratively, because you're gonna be stressed out beyond the imagination. And I always say, "Hey, are you getting calls after work? Yep. Are you getting calls in the middle of the night? Yep. Are you getting calls on the weekends? Yep. It's, this isn't gonna work out for you. You're eventually gonna run it, run out of steam, because this is just too much stress." And your decisions are going to go, by the way, downhill, too, because your decision making starts to suffer when you have this much flow, throat, throughput, you oh. know, of stuff. So you got to get others to make decisions with you, you know. Uh, so I hope that helped.
0: That, that's that's the that's the uh, that's a piece of advice that a, a lot of people in our industry could, could take yeah. to heart for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see it.
2: <laughs> Cameron, do you want to you wrap us up? Yeah, uh, well, before I wrap up, Bob, uh, if you can explain um, you know, kind of what you do and then what service yeah, elements sure. that has to offer.
1: Well, uh, what, what, we, what we do is we call ourselves uh, an organizational and people development company. And uh, what that means is, you know, some people call it soft skills. I hate that. Um, we're trying to change that vocabulary to be core skills. Uh, Because it really is understanding how to communicate well, understanding how to be a good team player, understanding how to lead, you know, um, is is really a core skill. It's not a soft skill. It's a core skill that's needed. So so we help organizations. We work with uh, all kinds of folks in the industry. We have aircraft manufacturers that are part of our customers. We have FBOs, maintenance shop, MROs. Part 91, part 135 uh, customers, and everybody has a different need. You know, we typically don't have stuff from off the shelf. Uh, we create training programs and workshop programs and training, workshop, coaching uh, programs where uh, it. we try to understand because training has to be specific these days. You can't just go in and do a shotgun blast uh, for, for to- a whole bunch of topics. Uh, you really need to be very efficient with your training. And the way we've learned to be efficient is by asking a lot of questions from the leadership. Like, what, what is it that you actually want to get done? You know, what, what, what's, what's, after we're done, what should this look like? And that helps us a lot to go in. So we interview a lot of people in advance before we even go uh, do the programs because training today in 2021 is completely different than uh, training in the old days uh, because we it's it's more time consuming. Uh, it it really is helpful if you can dig deep in other words, get into some weeds um, at, because it, you can see the needle move as far as learning and a change coming to an organization. Just just had somebody tell me. I know you asked me this question. I'm kind of going off track a little bit, but we just had somebody call us up and send in this really nice email saying, you know, you told us to do, uh, to rehearse our difficult trips, especially because of COVID today, you know, because of all the COVID stuff is like half the stuff you're going international. You don't know what's going to happen. Some countries close while you're out there <laughs> and so on. So the, they said that we did our rehearsal and man, the thing was flawless and, uh, but I just want to thank you for telling us to do that because we rehearsed the trip in advance. Before we went on the trip, we rehearsed it. Who's doing what, where, when, what, what do we do if this happens? What do we do if that happens? If they close the airport, if they close the town, uh, what if they won't let us back in? Uh, what if somebody tests positive? I mean, on and on and on, and they had everything covered. They still ran into glitches, but they minimized them, so the stress level was much less, and their ability to deal with that trip was was possible. So that's what we do. <laughs> okay, awesome. awesome.
2: <laughs> so all right, thank well, you. thank you, Bob. It was a really great discussion. Um, I th- I know I don't I don't want to speak for Travis, but I know I lo- definitely learned a lot. You know, during this this. Discussion um, on leadership, and I truly hope this helps for whoever's watching out there. Whether you're someone that is is, is, is wanting to move up in the aviation industry, or wanting to strive for a role in leadership, or increase your influence, uh, wherever you are, um, I really truly hope that this this helps you. And thank you, Bob, from yeah, you. Service Elements for for being a part of this. Yeah. Um
1: Thank and, you. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I, I really appreciate it. Obviously, I love talking about this because I, I really think is is a big part of our future is dependent on these, these types of topics, quite frankly. So, I, I appreciate the opportunity you guys gave me to do this because I, I love talking about this. So, feel free to invite me in the future if you want. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. And thank you for the work that you do in our industry as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you